Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm Russell Tovey. And I'm Robert Diamond. And this is Talk Art. Welcome to Talk Art. How are you, Rob? Today, Russell, I am feeling starstruck. No. Yes, because our <laughs> guest today is an icon to me. Because I have spent the last kind of few months uh, binge watching both of her series of her show, which is the title of what I just said, Starstruck. Mm. <laughs> and if you haven't seen it yet, it's on iPlayer and probably in other like streaming platforms. But it's really worth watching because I think it's just extraordinarily well written. So funny, so heartfelt and so much empathy and kind of strange situations all of us have ended up in. Do you know what I mean? And you can really see yourself in the show. I just love it. I and can then, see myself in the show. Then, it's so weird. I wonder why that could be. <laughs> <laughs> the second season, that's right, everyone, has a co-star. Well, not a co-star. What are you? You're a guest, guest. guest star. Sorry. Okay. A guest star of Russell Tovey. Mm. Um, anyway, it's such a brilliant, brilliant um, show. And um, our guest was originally uh, sort of um, fated, whatever the word, fetid. Fetid? Is that a word? It sounds sexual. It sounds, you know what I mean, celebrated for um, <laughs> a, a stand-up show called Horn Dog, um, which also sounds a bit sexual because Horn Dog, um, and uh, won the Edinburgh Festival uh, Prize and um, basically fell into many people's hearts um, because <laughs> of like humour. <laughs> And lats. Hearts and lats. Anyway, I think I need to stop doing this intro and quickly get on to the guest that we have today. We would like to welcome to Talk Art, Rose Matafeo. Hello. Oh my gosh, what an introduction. It was very hard to say quiet. Yeah. That was fantastic. I just You should have seen me. I was just looking down at my nails. I'm like, oh, this is, who are you talking about? This is horrific. And I think it is, it should be fated, isn't it? Fated? No. Fated. Fated? It just sounded wrong. Fated. I don't know. Fated, but it fate, sounds... Fate. Village fate? Yeah, village fate. Fate yeah, okay, fated. Is sure. it a village fate? I don't really yeah, know. Yeah, you are a village fate. <laughs> <laughs> village fate. Oh my God. So the funniest thing happened. I've been a fan of yours for a long time. And mm. then I kept saying to Russell, I love I, I love her show. And then yeah. you asked him to be in the show. Yeah. And then I was like, we have to get her on talk up. <laughs> and then the first time I meet you was in the queue for the toilets just I know, now. And I, I didn't know. know what to do. I was like, Neither do I hug I. you? Do I not hug Neither you? Neither do I. I, I. We'll hug after this. We'll hug after. It was, okay. it was, I, w- I came in and going, I didn't do that well. I just didn't do that well. Like, I I've, I feel like I... I, I, I 
I was like a bumbling professor in that moment. Do you it was know what so I mean? awkward. It's like being in a toilet queue, <laughs> like in a tiny indoor hall yeah. during COVID. It's a bit like, what do you want to do? Huh? I think it was fine. I think it was fine. But so maybe you, your fandom of the show helped get Russell to do the show, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I, ca- I, kept, I kept doing hearts on all your posts. Yeah. That and was be... like, I actually like reposted, what do you call them, the stories oh, on Instagram was like, yeah. Rose Matafeo's an icon. <laughs> <laughs> I love Rose Matafeo. Because oh, I just decided that that was fact. That's so sweet. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't believe you watched the show. This is very sweet. Well, congratulations Jeez. on the show. I mean, it's been oh. life-changing for you, right? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, kind of yeah. It's a that's a quite a strange like word, but it actually really has. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's been so it's taken up so much of the last kind of two years of my life. It was kind of from Horn Dog, the show, which is can I say yeah, it is quite sexual. It's, it's supposed to sound quite sexual. The actual show is anything but really. It's about how I'm actively not sexual. <laughs> particularly in my teen years. But um, I was doing that like in 2018. uh, And that was when I won the comedy award. And then it was straight into Starstruck stuff. So it's been like a crazy roller coaster of, I don't know, just people. It's very strange to get recognized for that as well. I was just in Liverpool and I got recognized by these the, these, this bunch of over 60s men who were drinking together (laughs) after a football game in a tiny pub in Liverpool. And they're like, you look like you look like that uh, the one off TV, and I was like, "Who?" And she's like, "Rose, oh, Rose Murphy." And I was like, well, that, "Yeah, that is me." And they're like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "Wow, how am I hitting this demographic? This is incredible." <laughs> That's the BBC, though. I know that is the BBC, yeah. and then, and I think it's the cheeky thing about the show because I think um a lot it, it it reaches a lot more people than it's so heavily pitched as like this rom com, but so many different kinds of people have watched it. Like and you know not just it's, it's a BBC three show, which is you know usually skewed to the to the younguns. Mm. But then, like, it's, yeah, I know, it's 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 just uh, opened up a whole cool audience, you know? So for those who haven't seen it, you are obviously the star of the show. Um, and you I'm also, not allowed to say that. You also, well, I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah. But also, you, you wrote it. So yeah. what's it like? Because for me, watching it, it just feels real. Like, it just feels like that is real life. I am watching reality because it's that good. It's, but, yeah. like, what, what, when you actually sit down at the page, mm. have you always been comfortable writing? Is that, like, something that you... I love writing, yeah. yeah I've always loved writing when I was... Uh, a kid like creative writing like English all of that like I came up through like a sketched comedy show when I was in New Zealand when I was like first starting out in comedy in my early 20s so I learned a lot about writing with that but this is the first like scripted narrative show that I've ever done and uh and yeah it is a particular it's a quite a hard it is an interesting thing like as you say like you know, I play a person who's yeah a New Zealander in their late twenties living in London. <laughs> wow, what a stretch for me! But like you know, like obviously you know, uh, I'm I'm no Daniel Day Lewis. You know, like I, uh, I I I I draw a lot from my own experience. I think you know, living in London and the experiences I've had um, here, and also when you come from stand up, you're talking about you know so much of your own experiences, and then trying to sort of abstract it a little bit to a, you know. Uh, have you know not reveal everything about your personal life but i mean the the premise of the show which is me you know uh having a one night stand with the movie star is unfortunately the only untrue you know one of the untrue things <laughs> things that are not yet. non yet, yet. <laughs> yeah, it's aspirational it's not autobiographical <laughs> it is aspirational write what you want to see uh so you know uh but yeah it is it is weird there are times where i write something into a script and um, people go, oh my gosh, who would do that? And I'm like, oh, that's happened to me. <laughs> I have done that. I have read a pregnancy test wrong. I have, uh, I have totally, you know, um, uh, probably asked someone while we're having sex if they they want to have sex. You know, like this is, uh, it's all, yeah, it's all, it's all good, true, true stuff. And also sometimes now, things happen to me, and or I get myself into situations because I sometimes feel like 
oh, this would be good for us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is bad. I know it's so bad, isn't it? But I feel like some writers do do that. Like, or, or actors, like, do you find that as an well, actor? Well, I think it's always a part of you that, you know, especially if it's trauma, there's a, yeah. there's a percentage of your brain that goes, remember this feeling. Yes. And that's kind of sociopathic. It is sociopathic, but isn't it? as performers, it? that's what we do. And yeah. at times, I, I remember reading a story about some uh, actor who... His, his wife had got run over outside and he saw her get run over outside in the street and as he was running down the stairs there was a mirror in the hall and he checked himself in the mirror and went remember what this face is mm. and then carried on doing it so he was able to objectively wow. remove himself from his own personal trauma to hold on to an experience that he could then later recall which is totally that's, fucked up that's scary isn't scary, it scary but that's what we do I mean I've not done anything that extreme and you, I'm have sure actually, you have actually you have he <laughs> He once asked me all about my brother's death. I got really emotional with him. And then the next night I find out he's doing a reading and he cries during the reading. And it was something about someone dying or something. It was oh, like a, a live thing. And I was like, no, I wasn't. He's you just pay, you stole need my tears. You, Russell needs to pay you. He yes. does. For your trauma. It's yeah, over, yeah, yeah. For my trauma, it's overdue. Absolutely. I'm calling your agent. I know her email and everything. <laughs> no, completely. No, you need you need some um, uh, uh, royalties oh, from that. This is why I love you, Rose. Yeah. Yeah. I understand I that. I understand what you're saying. Simon Amstel's got this thing in his stand-up a couple of years ago, how he was in Paris and they said let's all run to the Arc de Triomphe and he was running down there and he went to himself I didn't want to be doing this but I thought what a great memory to create yeah. so why don't <laughs> yeah, I just do totally. this and you're not even in the moment you're just like okay well I can tell this story about the time that uh, I ran in Paris 100% like, yeah it's yeah. a very strange thing of, of, of experiencing your life in real time but also uh, retrospectively as yeah, well yeah. it's like it's like you're in two different timelines it's very strange I find um uh, some of the some things that happen to me I, I kind of go I write it down because I go, what, like, almost like, what if that had happened differently? Like, there's something that hits upon something, and I go, oh, I wish I'd done that, or I, I wish that had happened, and and then it sparks off something, and then it ends up in a script, and so it's a, uh, yeah, it's probably probably a bad like you know cathartic kind of thing to do yeah. to, to re to rewrite history. And or it script. sounds like you want to write sliding slide, doors too. Sliding oh doors my god, oh, you should oh be sliding god. doors. Next oh one. Oh my god, honestly, I re- I rewatched that recently. I've seen that movie way too many times actually. Mm. It's um. I watched it recently as well. Yeah, what's up? What's um, up with that? I don't know, but it brought back so a memory of me it. bumping into Gwyneth Paltrow backstage <laughs> at Wembley Stadium when she just started dating Chris Martin from Coldplay, mm-hmm. and I knocked her over and she fell over. Oh my god! No, no, by mistake. I walked. I walked in. Her. No, I've got a full story That's here. So horrible. I walked into a room. She <laughs> fell over, and guess who picks her up and sort of told me off? Chris Alan Martin. Rickman. Oh and it my was like god! Pretty major moment. He told yeah. you off? No, he wasn't telling me off. He was a bit sort of like, it's a bit scary if someone falls. You know what I mean? It wasn't mm. deliberate, obviously. Oh my god, maybe I shouldn't have told this story. No, it's staying um, in. <laughs> Goop, is, just, Goop uh, is coming out. What I mean is, yeah. I burst into a room essentially backstage and was like, oh, hi, I've arrived because I was like, OTT at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was about twenty-two or something, and um, yeah, and then she fell over, and then he was a bit sort of like protective, like, oh, what's going yeah. on? Because he he didn't know what happened. How easily is Gwyneth Paltrow knocked over? <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. I'm like, she, she's got to get it. But she's a wee She goes there. down yeah. and just bounces back anyway, up. Anyway, I love yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow. Just let everyone know. I think she's major. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Not enough to not knock her over. No. Okay, let's keep moving on. All right, so New Zealand. <laughs> yes. Born and bred. Born and bred. Let's get on to the art. Thank you. So Fine. growing up in New Zealand, <laughs> yeah. what was your first experiences of art? First experiences of art were possible. Well, both my parents are incredibly artistic people. My dad went to art school until he had to drop out because my mum got pregnant. Uh, well, my and had to, he had to get a job. Um, he was he had he's got like a treasure trove of 
of illustrations and art that I some of which I have never seen. Like he's he's an incredibly talented no artist. But then yes, what do you mean? Have, have you never seen it? I've only seen bits. But he's a very secretive man. <laughs> he's uh, there's so much I, I don't know about my uh, my own dad. I mean I I've you know obviously know him, but. But he's a mysterious figure. So I, I actually don't know a lot of his, his art. I come from his side of the family, though, incredibly talented uh, artist. But, yeah, he re- he was going to – he was very political as well, like um uh, in his, like, late teens, early 20s and stuff. So um, – uh, and my, both my parents met in – this is, like, a huge they, – they, both of my parents are Rastafarian, so we were part of – a denomination of Rastafarianism, which was called Twelve Tribes of Israel, which is the one that came to New Zealand. So, um, there was a lot of reggae growing up. There was a lot of um, uh, uh, there was a lot of yeah, I'd say weed a lot <laughs> growing up at, at church and stuff. And also, there's a lot of art. Weed at church. We, we, well, it's Rastafari. I mean, it's 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 uh, not at church, like not at the kind of the boring, but it's actually so like you know, it's like. Religion is boring no matter how, what, how cool the religion is, right? right, right, right uh, as a kid anyway. So it's That's like a three-hour meeting of like long, you know, yeah. it's, it's actually very boring. But there was definitely, um, you know, uh, uh, that about. But heaps of art as well because my parents, well, my mum was on the art committee of um, our sort of, you know, uh, ch- church thing. And, um, and so a lot of the artworks around were like of, you know, uh, the Emperor of Ethiopia and Haile Selassie and um, Marcus Garvey and all that. So that was my early intro to art. But stuff. in the house. In the house, yeah. And and also my my mum is a huge fan of art. Like she's very very, she uh, kind of inundated us with with art in that sense. We didn't have we lived we grew up in a very very small house, very very cluttered house. But she um she was. I mean, art was um, a free thing <laughs> to be able to go to it, to galleries and and to experience. And so she, um, uh, a very funny thing actually, there was an initiative in New Zealand called it was a Muka Art Prince. Basically, these these this couple uh, would get lots of famous New Zealand artists to um, do a run of prints of their of their um, work, and it was just for kids, so eighteen and under. Only kids could go into this exhibition and choose a print. Each print would be $50 New Zealand uh, and 100 bucks if you wanted to get it framed. So it was really cheap, really affordable, affordable way to get prints that are worth way more now. Um, no parents are allowed in it, no adults are allowed in it. And I did this since I was five years old. So I've got from the ages of five to 18 uh, prints by these, a collection of prints by these New Zealand artists that, my, that were only chosen by me. Like, you know, your parents couldn't, Tell what you what to get. Incredible, isn't it? Isn't it amazing? Incredible. I've never so, had infinite. <clears throat> I know. I've, I've still got. I've still got heaps of the prints. I brought them up to the London. Like Dick Frizzell is a New Zealand artist. He, heaps of his work. Nigel Brown. Um. Uh. And it was yeah. It, it was a way that you like built these. You built up a affordable art collection from five five years old, and it's really amazing because <laughs> you um. I can I can track what I chose every year. So like the work I chose when I was five. I love because it was. I still love it, and I, I can. I can feel. I can remember picking it, and I can remember. What does it look like? It's this. It's this really simplistic kind of like almost like drawing of this man at the top of a building with like uh, the aeroplane. It honestly does look like he's about to jump off a building. <laughs> and, fly, um, fly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's a. Uh, and but my mum was so funny and so cheeky because she'd always go, "Okay, you go on. You got. You go on and buy one for yourself. All right." 
and you and you buy one for mum. <laughs> she always would make me buy one, like pick one that she thinks uh, I would think that she would like. So oh. then she would get one on the side. But um, it was honestly the coolest thing ever that my mum encouraged us, or you know, got us to do. Because how many kids would know, do that? A tons, yeah. It was like a weekend thing. And, Absolutely um, yeah. love this. It's such a cool idea. And I think yeah, it would be an amazing idea for people to do more often because it was and it was super strict, you know, like, you know, not a sin, you're just not allowed, like only kids. And you, it'll be amazing. It was an amazing experience as a child to walk into this room with all of these <laughs> other children. You know, how rarely does that happen in a gallery where it's just kids just looking at this art and oh having to God, pick one. Oh, God, this is incredible. One. Would yeah. someone be there with you going, what would you like? Would you go, I want this one? No, yeah, you, you would, there would be um, probably attendance, yeah, but you just have to write down the um, the code on the, the thing. But there were no there were no, no adults like going, well, look at this, look at this. Like It was just, you just have to wander around and go, oh, I like that one. Is it still so going? Cool. I, ho- I hope so. I wonder. I've got, I should look that up, actually. We it should was... find out because I'd love to talk to them. Oh, oh my God. God. Okay. M-U-K-A, yeah. You're actually the youngest collector we've ever had on the show. Five years old. I know, five years old. Literally collecting art since you were five years old. So you win the prize. Also, the artist's name would always be hidden as well. So you never could never could see who the artist was to be like, oh, I've heard of that artist before. But I would learn to like I'd go oh that's a Nigel Brown oh that's like a you know like I could you trained I, your eye from yeah, that age my mother did to be honest she was like now Nigel Brown's work looks like a bit like this it's got words in it I was like okay <laughs> <laughs> I was like she was like a little uh, yeah I was like she's was the art advisor art I know yeah. I know it was pretty uh, it was pretty epic I'm really in awe yeah. of this, this I am incredible. too yeah, so, this. so outside so cool. of doing that every year mm. did it spark a collecting bug in you it did well like for, for art I, I, well you know it's so funny because as an adult, I uh, collecting art. I've never even thought of doing it because it, sometimes I feel like okay, it's a uh, in terms of financially, I'm like oh, I can't afford that, which is I realized that's so untrue. I spend all my money on absolute shit. Uh, <laughs> I could totally collect art, but it's it's fun because I mean I came, I moved to this country, you know, six or seven years ago, and I already had this like weird collection of art to bring up with me to put on my walls um but not so much now it's um the stuff i collect is strangely i i, I collect more of like uh i'm very much a diy kind of zine kind of vibe kind of person and so i collect a lot of prints from illustrators though like, i love illustrators and like people i find like online and and um i yeah i do collect i mean i know it's not art but you know like uh, well it's art though. zines and stuff. Yeah, what, yeah but what kind of ones like are there zines that you scenes and couple, ah, just love. random ones like you'd go okay. to craft fairs or zine fairs and oh, then just cool. anything or like at random bookshops or like also I'm really a fan of I do a lot of craft and so um I you're a crocheter I'm a crocheter I am yeah. a crocheter we're I'm so excited so uh, yeah yeah <laughs> I, I I love um I love textile art and stuff and so I uh I try to do that I did actually do a piece of of um a comedian's art exhibition um a couple of years ago where I did a um embroidery uh, thing because I was like I'm not going to draw or paint shit. I, I saw that it's something. called Never Ending Dread yeah, for 2019, yeah, and it's so a good. circular text <laughs> yeah. text work. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, that. Was that was fabric I brought up all the way from New Zealand that oh. my mum had recently turned to cushions actually, and I um thought that was a very funny phrase, and um <laughs> I uh, and then it took a long time to uh to embroider that, but I really enjoyed that. But I really I I was really into uh you know comics is uh, growing up as well and so yeah it's a lot of um you know local comic book artists in new zealand as well and um and just really into that yeah that style i just go back to your dad's art yeah because i I haven't finished that yeah so so did you have his art up in the house no 
So we didn't. So we had well, my uncle was an artist as, as an artist as well. Mark, who him, he would do massive. Um, he would do more like because uh, I'm Samoan. He would do more like um, tapa, which is tapa cloth. It's like a type of Samoan kind of um, uh, art form. Right. Um, and um, what is it like? In- it's like it's it, it's like kind of um painted like cloth, but the cloth is like beaten. I think like sort of bark, very thin bark. So it's kind of a uh, and a lot of. You'd recognize the kind of Pacifica patterns, like, you know, um, I, I'm doing it. Podcast listeners, you will not, you will not <laughs> know what I'm like, doing. Shake you know, like, your fingers. Shake yeah. my fingers, <laughs> yeah. you know, all that stuff. Um, uh, but so he would do a lot of uh, Pacifica-inspired art and stuff. He once painted, he actually painted me a, he made me a painting when I was born. Oh, I should show you that picture, actually. It's me as naked as a naked little baby on this piece that oh. my, my uncle paint, hand-painted for me. Um, my dad, though, I think he was... The the what the the couple of things I remember seeing, cause got it all just hidden away. Were like very like, uh, probably like of the time eighties like illustrated, almost cartoon kind of vibes. Like, cause it was a time like he was um part of the Polynesian Panthers, which was like a political protest group um in the eighties. That was like big uh, with the Spring Springbok tour as well in the eighties, like to pro- uh, protesting apartheid and all of that. So I think there was a bunch of amazing uh sort of uh activist art yeah. and stuff that he was like you know but if you asked around. him to look at it yeah he's, he's just he, that's he's in that mysterious I, I it's like pulling te- it's 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 very i get nuggets of stuff from my dad but he's a very uh uh you Private. know tight sealed yeah yeah he just didn't think i would be um interested in a bunch of it but i am but your, I'm mom, getting your mom's seen it obviously i think so yeah i mean honestly i think he just doesn't He's not the kind of guy like many. I mean, I don't do you think like many artists are though. They're just a bit like, oh no, 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 that's not, that's nothing. You know, like I don't, yeah, 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 it's yeah. Not, not, no big deal. Um, but no, he's incredibly talented. But um, I haven't seen much of it. But I hope to, I hope to unearth that. I'm going back to New Zealand at the end of the year, and I think he's ready to open up. Show oh my off god, artists. he has to. You should try yeah. and do like an exhibition of his work. <laughs> I or should something. actually. Yeah. That'd be so cool, like the treasure trove. <laughs> I know, like finding With it John all. Montefiore, that'd be but w- what about yourself? So how come you're into crocheting? Is that something that you just naturally sort of gravitated towards or is it yeah i kind well yeah being <laughs> yeah just being a nerd um i <laughs> i being a, quite a bit of a nana i've got a big nana vibe to be honest with my pastimes i learned how to sew <laughs> uh, you should see my flat it's terrible oh, it's, it's, grandma. It's, it's yeah doilies, real you like a doily? Gra- i love a doily i love a <gasps> i mean i've got a i've got a i've got a um electric fireplace uh that uh, i can turn on and it's fans silk flames that's my vibe i'm i'm Massively into it. It's very off-putting to anyone who comes over. But um, I, 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 I grew up with like a grandmother who taught her, you know, my mum to sew. My mum taught me to sew when I was really young. So I knew uh, I was always into that kind of thing and then taught myself how to crochet. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I've always just enjoyed making stuff. I, I, I love making stuff. I love uh, doing things with my hands in that way. I've never been great at, I like drawing a bit. I've never been great at painting or anything like that because I, I don't know about you guys. I tend to like hate something that I'm not immediately like show any talent. In. Do you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Mm. You're like, oh shit, okay, no, I've got nothing. I can't do. It. I can't do this, so mm. I'm not gonna persist. Um, but I pushed through with crochet. I got a crochet injury, a recurring one in my left shoulder. <laughs> well, like, an, like a repetitive strain <laughs> crochet injury. Yeah, yeah. Injury, I held right. um, the yarn to to taut, and I went to a physio, and they laughed their ass off at the fact. That it was crochet. <laughs> crochet. <laughs> oh, crochet a jumper. All right. Crochet right. injury Jeez, alert. I, know. I really, I really hurt myself. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I think um, and I also I, I think I'm really attracted to 
like textiles like in art that I like, like a lot of, you know, feminist art as well of like, I mean, the idea that, I mean, the the constant idea that, you know, like that is a, um, is craft over art. Like, mm. you know, I mean, like the tradition of quilting, like quilting is just an, an uh, it's just an absolutely wild form of art. Yes. But it's, yeah, and it's, and it's just it's so, a huge you know, moment, isn't it? It it's is. It's being seen as fine art. Totally. Over it's, like women's work, parenthesis, and craft. And, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, um, because the amount of work and effort goes into it. There's an amazing quilt, actually. If you've been to the Museum of the Home, um, uh, in Bethnal Green, it's this mm. piece of uh, this artwork which Museum is, um, of Childhood. Is uh, it Museum of the Home. No, no, Museum of the Home. I think oh. it's right, quite quite close by. Okay. Oh it's, yeah, it's yeah. By it's by a um an overground station. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's. A- <laughs> That 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 identifier. And just help the listeners get there. <laughs> yeah. So and, go to any yeah, overground station. Yeah, go to any overground station. <laughs> in East London somewhere. It You'll might find be the, the museum of the nearby. Yes. <laughs> but it was like this. Um, it was it was a life size uh, floor plan of a of a prison cell and and all this intricate design of like all of the things that uh, that the actual size of this prison cell would be. It's up on the wall. It's fantastic. You should go check it out if you're um, around there. But um, but yeah, I I, I love. I love all of that stuff, and I think there's um, a lot of artists that work in that. Like I think mm. of Annie Albers mm-hmm. or Louise Bourgeois mm. or Tracy Emin, for mm. example, who have really yeah, brought the blanket into being something important with a message on and Completely. fine art. Yeah. yeah, and also we recently in Margate had a show um, of American artists, and it had the G's Bend quilts, yes, which Alison Jack's gallery has been <clears> showing <throat> in London, mm-hmm. and they were obviously ignored for quite a long time, but also a bit exploited at times I think mm. but now are getting into museum collections and being really respected and getting the money directly to them which is great mm-hmm. what about dioramas <laughs> that's the thing that you've been exploring I have been exploring that I um yeah I did um I did a I did a show I did a landscape artist of the year show recently and I made a diorama for that and after that I was like why did I make a diorama <laughs> so stupid. And it, was a, it was a Whitstable. It, it was a Whitstable. Yeah, it was so funny where the judges were just going, "It's so sweet," and I'm like, "Yes, it is very sweet." <laughs> made of toilet paper and matchsticks. Um, I I love diaries. I made I've made a diorama. Yeah, of a small um, scene from Rear Window, uh, the Alfred Hitchcock film, which which is on this on on my wall at the moment. But I I moved, and so it's all banged up so it's all kind of falling apart which I actually kind of like but I've left it like that because it's all in disarray now all of the furniture is upended and stuff I was inspired by that because there was there is a woman who makes who made an entire model of of um of that the film set of that film wow. um which is incredible I love I love models I love tiny models I'm how about, many dioramas have you made um <clears throat> oh, three three or four I've made another one which is like um a small scene which is uh <laughs> it's it's an example of like Pepper's Ghost, which is like you know Pepper's Ghost. It's sort of a um, it's a technique where you put uh, again podcast listeners are going to love this because I'm doing something with my hands. Um, a small scene you put a pane of glass at a 45 degree angle of this of a scene, and then if you put a figure uh, on one side of it and a scene on the other, and you light the figure that you're trying to make look like it's almost like a ghost appear into the scene. So it's how they do all of the stuff and. Uh, Disneyland with the Haunted Mansion where there's like figures and you can see if they're in and like they do it a lot in um, lots of galleries as well but it was a it was a it's kind of like an illusion that they, they used to use in like vaudeville times as well but yeah it's something to like the light reflects then onto the pane it looks like so I made a small scale model of that because I I was just interested in Pepper's Ghost <laughs> 
it says pepper as in pepper pig or no. pepper as in as in pepper as in pepper uh, salt and pepper salt and salt pepper, and pepper right. yeah um, have you noticed that your dioramas seem to have like a horror kind of <laughs> thriller <laughs> is, is your next project going to be like a murder horror a thriller I yeah so. I think so I hope so Agatha Christie it could be good Granny have you heard of that um, have you heard of those models that that woman made uh, that were all murders murder scenes and they were to help the police figure out do um uh, investigate murders yeah reenact oh, right. basically yeah, had yeah, yeah. a lot of little clues in it it's in some sort of gallery in America um, she was this woman who just sees these intricate murder scenes and for police to go and look and learn how to examine a crime oh, scene great. it's very cool there's a good YouTube video on it but no they're all horror scenes because I did start dioramas diorama making within lockdown <laughs> and I think I was losing my actual mind like the Pepper's Ghost one was a joy to make. And then I was doing the rear window one. And honestly, I was like just in my bedroom, uh, you know, in the middle of the winter lockdown with matchsticks super glued to my fingers and just going, what the, what am I doing? What am I doing with my life? I'm making a tiny model when no one has asked me to do this. No one, <laughs> not even God, not even in a Joan of Arc way. Not even God has spoken to me. You, and said, even you must make this. No, I wasn't diorama. summoned at all. Oh I wasn't paid to do it. If anything, it cost me money when I could have been doing something else and I could be making money. Uh, so, you know, it's uh, that one wasn't so relaxing. But hang on a minute. Let, let's let's, let's analyse this. Let's oh, be on the therapist's couch. Jeez, but like, please. what is it about you that wants to create? Is it the same with writing and performing and all the things you do are you doing another starstruck as well you're writing another one i'm not sure i'm actually not sure yeah yeah he's he's like not being paid and then he's like okay (laughs) my agent just wants to know (laughs) i've got Um, the agent's email so i can help with that one (laughs) i'm not so sure yet i'm i'm just trying to figure out uh if there is if there is a story there but i mean i think in terms of creating stuff yes i think i I it sounds so uh, it, it sounds so like oh, you know I just like to make things create things it sounds a bit like you know hippy dippy but I I really think it's it's it is a burden in the sense of like it's not necessarily good stuff it's just I have an impulse to make stuff it might be crap it might be good it's sort of the driving force of why I do anything I'm a very lazy person apart from when it comes to you know me going oh I want to make I want to do this thing I want to make this thing I want to create this. I'm going to do it. I'm so lazy in every other aspect of my life. Um, but it, it's genuinely the, the, one of the only things that kind of brings me um sense of like, yeah, fulfillment and joy. Like I, I like the fact that, you know, writing Starstruck is such a, uh, you know, it's, it's work. I get paid for it, which is fantastic. But I, I put as much effort into that as I do making a small scale diorama of, of you know, a, a, an Alfred Hitchcock scene because um, – yeah, my brain works like that. There must be a calmness in it. I was going to say that. Yeah. 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 You seem to, you must switch off and have that yeah. focus. I think so. I think, so just learning new skills and doing things in my hand. Like I've, I've just learned how to, um, fill, yeah, I've, I got, I've gotten a 60 millimeter, uh, this Bolex camera. I've learned how to shoot on black and white 60 mil and, and, and hand process the whole, all of the film. So like... you got a dark room. Uh, uh, well, I've got a cupboard. Right. I have a cupboard. Um, I have a cupboard and thankfully... A very dark cupboard. <laughs> a very dark cupboard. <laughs> thankfully, that's the, I only need that for when I'm winding sort of film onto a, a spool that you put into then a something called a Lomo tank, which is then that's what you process it in. It's not really like you, normal, you know, processing where you have to be in a dark room the entire time. Um, you just have to be basically in a pitch black room to to wind to do something yeah basically with your eyes closed to wind on a spool of film into a tank and then uh and then process it that way but it's been 
It's so funny because I never went to art school or anything, but I feel like I've learned so much stuff from the people I've encountered through doing comedy, like, you know, doing Starstruck. I learned all of that stuff from Will, who is the DP. He taught me all of that. He, he, um, he encouraged, like, he just taught me how to use a camera, how to develop it, um, all stuff that he learned when he was at art school. And, um, yeah, I love the... It feels like you're a self, complete you know. nerd. I'm a, I, it feels like, yeah. <laughs> is that not obvious? No, it's not all completely obvious. I was yeah. going to be nice in that. I was going to say it sounds like you're really curious. That would have been so much. Yeah, well, I would have been a nice no, no, Enthusiastic. Nerd, curious. You're a curious nerd. Enthusiastic. You were a, a, a head girl when you were at school. I know, yeah. Were you? Was that a no, cool no. thing or was that like a nerd? Did you get like a badge? A Did you have like yeah, a, sure, I have with like a coat of arms or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Head girl, yeah, of course. She's got, got it on today. <laughs> yeah, listeners, I hope you can hear the clank of the ding ding. I actually, um, in, in, when I got COVID, found my Blue Peter badges. What is a Blue Peter badge? It's a bit like being it's like a girl. Blue Peter badge, but it's, it's kids, kids <laughs> oh, really? TV. Oh, really? Kids TV, yeah. and you write in and you have to do tasks, and then they give you a badge. And oh. I got, I kept writing so many times that I got two. I got the silver one and a normal one. Oh, they just wanted to get rid of you. For all those listeners who are jealous. That's so you. sweet. So we have film processing. Yes. We have embroidery. Mm-hmm. We have dioramas. Yeah, we have crochet and crochet injuries. Jeez. What other work? I sound like an ex- I sound like the most eccentric Betty old. Sounds like you need to write a book. Old. About Jesus Christ! No, yeah, I've got that. I've got um uh no, I have. I've got plans. I really want to make a zine this summer. To be honest, great. I I because I used to make them for the for Starstruck actually every week. I'd make um a sort of weekly newsletter um for the crew uh, and cast where I it was so wild, wild. The first series of Starstruck we did six day shooting weeks, and on my one day off I would spend making hand drawing a a, a newsletter for everyone with little bits and in, in jokes and stuff. <laughs> The fact that you now call me a nerd, I'm like, oh, it's so gutting being an adult nerd. It's such a hard Oh, it's, it's hard not. It's life. the best thing. You. That's out. why you're here. When, when we come out you, as you know? geeks as, yeah. and you go like, this is what I like, then you mm-hmm. shed the shame. It's Russell the most forced me to come out as a geek. Really? Yeah, it was like enforced. He was dunking by doing in the talk toilet. Yeah, he, he was, was like, yes. we're going public with this. <laughs> yes. Yeah, totally. It's good. No, I think that uh, there is something nice about getting older and like out of your self-conscious 20s of going, you know, like... This, this idea of what's cool and what's not. It's just like, Jesus, life is too short as to not just enjoy the interests that you have. And I don't know. It's a lack of self-consciousness sometimes now I have with, you know, spending most of my money at a craft shop, which is an absolute rip-off in Stone Newington. The prices are too high. So what do you feel like when you get into the craft shop? Is it like full of materials that you're like yeah, I, I love I got Being in a stationery or craft shop is... The amount of pens that I moved from New Zealand to the UK, the amount of... <laughs> craft paper I moved and origami I've got origami paper that is older than some of my longest friendships like it's I, I'm I'm, I'm a, like an I'm organized so hoarder <laughs> so, oh. pipe, pipe cleaners how do they make you feel pipe, I love a pipe cleaner I love it and a googly eye pipe cleaner and googly eye oh my god oh my god heaven. like he, absolutely heaven I've got every ribbon you want I've got every type of tape you want I've got uh, I, I just collect all that stuff because I just you know I, I, I'm an I, I highlighter think pens what you like with them I love a highlighter pen yeah. oh I've got a Got a, got a good couple of highlighters on the go actually. Oh, yeah. I always often have a highlighter on. Do you me. highlight all your lines? Uh, yeah, no, I do actually. I only, I only do my um my name though because I can't be bothered using up all my good highlighter. You know. Like, oh, you don't want to drain the ink. Don't want to drain the ink or anything. Much more sustainable. <laughs> of course, of course. Sustainable Going back to your origami. Oh yeah. So are you an origami specialist? No, no, but but um not not particularly. I can only make the fortune teller and um and a, and, a, and the box. But 
I what? what's the fortune? What's teller? the fortune? fortune, fortune the... Oh, when you go dad, oh, dad, cool. and you say yeah, that yeah, rhyme. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. What's the rhyme? The ri- well, you just do, I I usually do it. It's like a, a color, and then it's like the number of letters in the color's oh, name. Oh, R E D. Yeah, right, and then right, it's right. like numbers inside, <clears throat> and then you write a little fortune. Oh, you got it. Oh, I, I wish we, we were doing there. this live on air, but we can't because it's going to take after. too much time. I would love to do this. I might do that. I forgot about those. I used to be obsessed with them. They're really cool, and and also you could write. It was a really good. It was a really interesting opportunity to like do some some like high scale bullying as a kid you know write some scathing fortunes yeah. and that like some of them would be really awful they'd be like you're ugly and you're like what? oh my yeah. god it's terrible stuff but no origami paper i like because i, I it's i do paper craft that like i i got into like the stop motion animation app as well a, a couple years ago where i started doing sort of stop motion stuff with um uh, lots of craft paper <laughs> photos and stuff. I love physical. Um, I'm like I'm a bit of an analog person when it comes to those things. Like I am so bad at. I'm probably so bad at like you know being able to edit to get to something mm, or like you know same. you know yeah doing Photoshop doing that. and all that. No, no, I can't yeah. do that at all. Mm. And and I I I'm so proud of all my friends who can do that stuff. But mm. but I love the I love the toils of like you know. Of of a painstakingly doing a stop motion animation that ends up being three seconds long. <laughs> <laughs> you spend yeah, a week on it. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, oh my god! But I just I love and respect people <laughs> who do that, man. It's just the best. So, so yeah. comedy. Mm-hmm. Would you say, in some ways, is performance art? Uh, interesting. You know what? No, okay. I don't think so. I really don't. I think. I think that it's so interesting because I feel comedy is a is a is a sphere or like a sort of area of creativity that I think connects with so many other people who do you know musicians um uh you know writers artists strangely I mean comedy and acting I feel like is the one people that people bunch them together but I feel like they're actually quite different I feel like comedians and musicians really vibe a lot in the sense that like I think comedians are well. The the great comedians are, are total space cadets. Do you know what I mean? Like they're they're uh, people who I honestly think comedians are just artists who lack self esteem. <laughs> if that makes sense, <laughs> because I think comedy is like something that is the intention of comedy is is like my friend Johnny White, who's like a comedian and a poet. He he said something on this video recently, which I really thought was funny. Like all jokes are questions and answers, and I think I was think art is like always about asking a question but not necessarily knowing the answer or telling you the answer comedy is intrinsically you have to answer the question there has to be a punchline to the mm. question which is the joke mm. and i think comedy is particularly stand up and stuff is your audience the immediate reaction of of what it is is so intrinsically kind of tied into the for, the, the art the form of it art mm. form of it mm. and then i think art what i imagine like you know a lot of art what I imagine art to be doesn't necessarily have to take that into account. You know what I mean? I think comedy is so much, it is people pleasing. <laughs> well, comedy needs words. And I guess art in some ways is when words aren't enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's I think replacing it's, words. Totally. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Yeah. And it's like, it's an exp- it's a very, I don't know, someone's very specific um, expression of an idea and then it's open to interpretation whereas comedy is about words and it's about turning something um, turning an observation to something that a lot of people can immediately understand yeah Yeah. and I think it's that kind of uh, and I think both of those things are like rooted in the same thing which is an expression of an idea but the way in which it's expressed is so different. Mm. I think performance art is um is in, is intense and um often a lot less funny than comedy. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes true. it is. Sometimes it yeah. is. I mean, sometimes performance art is so surreal and abstract that you're like, what the ha-? like? Do I laugh? Have you ever laughed? Have you ever laughed? Be honest at a at a performance art piece, or you found, or you or like a you've well, been it's in uncomfortable a laugh like this. Yeah. Is, someone's making a weird noise. I went. I went to an. Uh, a performance once where Christian Markley has this has this comic strip which mm-hmm. goes on and on and on and on. A white cube gallery. They had a performance where they brought an actor in and he read this scroll mm-hmm. of and basically it's noises like zip zap wham bang zzz, like that. Yeah. And I took my mum along. Yeah. I thought you like this mum. And we sat down. This guy starting. He's like zip. My mum went, what the bloody hell is this? <laughs> and we were there for like 45 minutes and she kept giving me side eye like, when can we go? I said, we're at the front, mum. We can't go anywhere. And this guy was like, terrifying. Oh my God. And, and I was just giggling going, this is like, just seeing it through my mum's eyes. Exactly. Being like, what the bloody hell have you brought me to? That's so funny. My brother who lives in Berlin, my mum was visiting him recently as well. And um, and she, he took her to this piece, um, this, this performance art piece. They thought it was a film screening. And it turned out to be more of a performance thing. Mm. And it was this incredible thing where the, the artists, like they were speaking German, and then he explained to my mum, he was like, oh, they're saying that they're not going to play the film until there's only 20 people here. And there were far more than 20 people there. So it was this waiting game. So they just waited. They just waited and waited. They waited for two hours. My brother was like, oh, I want to I want to try and see it. My mum had to wait for two hours. <laughs> I think it was two hours to... To what, try and watch this film, and they they didn't end up getting down to twenty, so they didn't do it. I think that was a f- that, that the oh, idea of that is so funny, but it's also so really funny. fascinating, like experiment, yeah. total and totally psychology, amazing experiment. And, yeah. Because people are like, oh, we should lead them, but they're like, no, I want to, I want to see it. Yeah, I thought it was. I bet they were eyeballing each other, going, go on, fuck off. Exactly, <laughs> it was a, an amazing experiment. <sighs> I know. I'm sad that my. Uh, and also, it's probably it's probably better. Like, I, I think it wasn't film, even a film. Exactly, it probably didn't even live up to the expectations yeah. of what it was. But you know, I think it'd that be was a three second stop animation, wouldn't it? God, <laughs> I'd love to do a gig like that, a stand up gig. I'm not doing. I'm not starting until there's only twenty of you here. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> oh my god! I remember being at Art Basel once, and they recreated Marina Abramovich's nude performance from 1977, <clears> where you have a man and a woman standing in like a really tight space, like a hallway, mm-hmm. a corridor, sorry, yeah. and you've got to like walk through a doorway, and, like, a doorway. Mm. And I remember just being like so embarrassed because I was like with 
sort of collect because you were recreating you were one of them but anyway that that one was quite uh, memorable because you're sort of like do i walk through and then how do you feel and you're with your sort of collectors and you're trying to be all serious and it's just yeah. it's, it's, it's an amazing awkward. artwork it it's is awkward and it makes you yeah. all your own inhibitions and whatever they're called but like it freaks you out yeah it's yeah. great though isn't it it's mm. like it's annoyingly the point isn't it yeah <laughs> no, exactly exactly, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah it's not oh, meant god. to be easy yeah oh my god yeah have you met any famous artists I, yeah, I probably have, and I probably forgot the one. The one that springs to mind is is so funny because I didn't realize he was who he was. It was at a, a dinner at uh, my friend Alex's house, at, like a dinner party, and he's like, "I'll come over dinner. My friends are, are, are going to be there." And I was like, "Oh, cool, great." And it turned out to be Martin Martin Creed. Yeah, oh wow. really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, and it was so funny because I was just like, "So what do you?" Like, I was like, "What do you do?" And he didn't know what I did as well. And he was so lovely. He was so lovely. We had such a great normal chat. We were talking about the Fast and the Furious films. They were they were recently rewatching them and they were really loving them. And I was like, then I was like, Martin Creed loves Fast and the Furious films. That's, that's <laughs> also, he was set where you were. Yeah, we, did talk we, about we interviewed yeah. him in the early days. Yeah, in the early season. And um, he makes music as well, and he's yeah. definitely got a connection between music and art, yeah. Yeah. which is probably linked yeah. to comedy as well because yeah. he's really interested in like Dada and all those kind of earlier ideas of yeah. art as well. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was, um, I was like, come to my show, <laughs> come to my show, Martin, you'll like it, but I don't think he ever showed up. But. I remember he, because he sounds like Billy Connolly, doesn't he? He does, yeah, and I remember yeah. saying to him, I said, you sound like Billy Connolly, he's like, do I? <laughs> no, I don't. It's <laughs> like, you're, you really like, never like heard him, and he looks like him, and <laughs> he it's does, like, he does. it's like, okay. He's got that look. Okay, Martin. He was terribly, terribly kind, but no, apart from that, I don't, um, I probably don't, probably don't, you know, run in the same circles as many cool artists but you go to a lot of galleries outside of the home quilt. yeah yeah the home quilt player. well i recently was in new york for the first time like uh in, in many years i went to my mum my mum is obs- like my mum is obsessed with art in the sense that she's always like go to this gallery go to this gallery gotta go see this um <laughs> you're so I, scottish isn't she uh, she's yeah she, she's from new zealand but she's a scottish croatian mix of okay. you know brought up in new zealand but she um she made me go to MoMA. Well, she didn't make me go to MoMA. I went to MoMA because I wanted to go to MoMA. Great, great gift store as well. Oh, yeah, um, Great gift shop. Obsessed. Got some great slippers there. Um, uh, <laughs> MoMA was sick. MoMA was fantastic. I saw some great stuff there. I saw this awesome piece of this this artist who has, it was just all of their hair and fingernails on a shelf. Uh, and uh, eventually when they die, their ashes are going to be on the shelf. Like there's this, there's this, um, oh sort of, my god! Can I Google this? I yeah, Google it. One. Yeah, yeah, because it, it's amazing. The hair so it's and a the living hair, artist. Then. Yeah, it's a living artist. So, um, and then all of the hair gets increasingly grayer. And then, like this artist went through, like you know, has a little spiel about you know, like uh, the the circumstances in which they made the work. And then, yeah. Oh my god! It's Adrian Piper, who I love. Oh yeah. How do I not She's know brilliant. this one? Yeah. It was. It was it's Adrian Piper. It's called "What Will Become of Me." Yes. She makes a lot of video art. Yes. There was so wow. there was some great There's one of her work. dancing on the way. I think it's called Dancing to Berlin or something. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, love Adrian Piper. Um, I uh, that was awesome. That was the one I was like, whoa, that that was the one that floored me there when I was. So there does she recently. update it regularly herself? Like you're saying, the hair goes grey. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's it's increment incrementally like and more finger. I think it's fingernails and hair, 
And then the last one would be Ashes. I don't know if she's adding more here, but maybe she is. No, she is. It yeah. says she adds it through her life. So yeah. she, it started in 1985. Yes. And she fills hun- honey jars yeah. with hair and fingernails whenever she cuts them. Mm-hmm. So every time she cuts them, she just fills it. So what, and I wonder how the process is with MoMA that she has in place that she sort of goes into the collection. Because it was yeah. always on display, I wouldn't assume. And she would go into the ar- archives and sort of just top up her nails and hair. Yeah, and I know, exactly. Leave. I mean, the Ash thing, I'm, I'm like, that's, 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 Wild. But that's the ultimate artist kind yeah. of church, yeah. isn't it? If you're at MoMA yeah, when you yeah, die, yeah. you're also, there. It sounds like deliberate because um, Piper declared her intention to donate this work to the MoMA mm. because as both an African-American and a woman, two groups that have traditionally been marginalised in the history of art, she's literally inserting herself in, into the museum collection. Mm-hmm. So it's like her wow. body in the collection. That's amazing. Wow. God, I've never even heard of this artwork. No. That is, by the way, that is why I love art. Yes. Because daily, yeah. Russell, somebody will tell me about a new artwork that I didn't know about. Oh my and it God. might be, you know what I mean? It's endless. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know, I'm so, I'm so, I know barely anything about art, but it was, it was, it was the one bit, of, uh, the one piece that I was like, geez, that's cool. That's cool. That is cool. I really enjoyed it. But you know, the one um, museum I really enjoyed, which I think not many people get to, is the Museum of um, Folk Art in New York. Mm. Yes. Oh my Beautiful. gosh. I just, I uh, loved it so much. There was this artist. Oh my god, I forgot her name. But she was this incredible artist who um, who did all of these, all of these basically um um illustrations uh, these uh, of this from as when she was a teenager in the fifties, I think um uh, of this place called Catville, <laughs> and it's the, all of this is hybrid um kind of romance comics um with people who are like cats and dogs as well as like um there was massive storyline she would draw in her school books and stuff it was one of the coolest things i've seen actually um and that whole museum is just so yeah so brilliant amazing quilts in that museum sounds like you have an yeah. affinity for self-taught yeah, art yeah, yeah, and folk exactly. art and <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. kind of art that sort of overlooks because it's not contemporary it's not part of a, yeah. uh, an art world discussion in some ways but it is more so. now that that again is yes. changing it feels like them conversations are starting to totally i think i think uh I have I have so many eccentric family members as well in my family who are artistic but certainly don't come from the background of, you know, being trained artists and, and they still find ways to express them. So I, might, I had an Uncle Torrance, my grandma, great Uncle Torrance. He um, would do this the most amazing sort of, it is like folk art, like he'd do these paintings in acrylic of like, you know, scenes from um, the place he'd grow up, uh, uh, where my grandmother and him grew up and scenes of his just, I had one piece which was just his dog Sparky and he'd just paint all of these, pa- you know, these these paintings. Like he was so prolific at them and it was just like the coolest thing ever. It was just like, this person's doing it for no one else but themselves and just like, just because he just wanted to. And they were so cool and so like, you know, technically, I was funny. I painted on the front of that diorama for landscape artists. I wrote like untrained eye. Cause I was like, this is, I love something about like, you know, art that's, uh, I mean, I love all art, but like the, the stories behind stuff that comes from, you know, people who didn't necessarily want it to be seen or did it for themselves or, yeah. Not but it's just trained, a compulsion you know? to create, which I think you yeah. have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we've so, discovered yeah. all your stuff. And yeah. I think you would find you like... You'd... Oh, my God. You'll find my creepy dioramas <laughs> in the Folk Art Museum one day. They'll be like, these were found amongst the, you know, the chicken necks and the cat and the, the cat shit. And, you know, it'd be fantastic. Well, what yeah. about New Zealand? Do you have memories of galleries and kind of spaces <laughs> that you went to growing up? And like yeah. Maori art, was that a yeah. big thing? Maori, yeah, Maori art, indigenous art. I mean, like, you know... Uh, uh, Maori art is is incredible. Like you know, it's 
it's a massive part of this country. Also Pacifica art, you know, there's a lot of amazing um artists like John Poulet and stuff from um from New Zealand and uh it's uh I think Auckland Art Gallery was probably the biggest gallery that I would go to a lot. Mm. And you lived near there, didn't you? you yeah, I grew yeah. up in Auckland. Right. So mum would take us to the art gallery quite a bit. She was you know, she was very much I think art is my mum's thing. It's it's the thing that makes her feel like very like I'm more of a person where music and film and stuff do that stuff for me as well but like she is um a person who really forced art into our lives which is cool because it was something that was you know affordable many galleries like most galleries are free you know like it was a really amazing thing to grow up with as a child. New Plymouth is also a place I love in New Zealand because um, it's got the uh, art gallery. I think it's called the Len Lai Museum because I love Len Lai, who does um, New Zealand artists, but did a lot of kinetic sculptures. It's got an amazing kinetic sculpture in New Plymouth, which is just the with the wind, like this wand that kind of bends on the coast with the wind. People take the piss out of it, but I, I really love it. And he used to do... Um, uh, you know, Len like he used to do um uh, GPO kind of um short films um back in the day and yeah. like co- is it color color box or like uh, no I've seen these recently weirdly. yeah N or N W is one of my favorite shorts ever and it's Len Lai and it's what's it called again N or N W N or N. and um so north or northwest yeah north or northwest but it's basically about about it's for the it's for the you know post office basically telling you to get your postcode right but it's awesome it's like it's like it's like a, you know, like, it's like a public service announcement these psas that he'd make and but you know alongside all of his mad animations and sort of experimental animations and stuff and uh i really love it because i love you know getting into all the film stuff and um uh but they're really groovy and uh, and cool and um very much my you know, aesthetic. analog aesthetic. Yeah, vibe. I actually discovered Len Lai last summer because mm-hmm. Dries Van Noten did a whole fashion collection for men yeah. and women, maybe based on all of the Len Lai um, films. Really? And he projected them onto fabric, and then they've got all these printed fabric. I can show you. Some oh my god, that sounds amazing. Um, I knew I knew it. All like this, look, and oh it's my all god. it's all his films, but on shirts, and he made this whole entire collection based on Len Lai. Shut up! Yeah, 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 and. Um, I'd never heard of Len Lai. Oh, my God. I don't know why, but I hadn't. And I actually looked into it all last summer. Oh, it's in yeah. Yeah, and then they did these amazing um, projections on the catwalk and stuff with all the projections of his films on the bodies. That's so so cool. cool. Yeah, but isn't that weird? Like, I discovered Len Lai through fashion. That's so cool. I love it when you find things through those different roots. That's so, Um, that's so fun. I'm going to look that up. Well, I mean... uh, Because he was born in Christchurch, wasn't he? Yeah, he was born in Christchurch, and then he grew up, I think he's got... um, uh, you know, links in New, New Plymouth and stuff. Um, and uh, he and he took a lot of inspiration, I think, from living in, in New Zealand and uh, a lot of Māori and Pacific Island art and stuff. But, um, yeah, I I, uh, I think his animations are so cool and fun and just, like, yeah, I love them. Do you find it weird that there's not, like, I was going through a list of New Zealand artists that I know of, and mm-hmm. there's Francis U. Pritchard, mm-hmm. an artist called Simon Denny, who represented oh. uh, New Zealand in the Venice Biennale. He was in our book as well, in Talk he was Up in our book. book. But, there, but there doesn't seem to be that many New Zealand artists that mm. put, put, we know about. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, like I grew up, you always grew up kind of knowing like the classics, like where there's like Rita Angus and like Colin McCann, and um, oh god, what are the New Zealand? There's lots. There's lots. You know. Lots that I can't even think of right now, Dick Frizzell or like, you know, a bunch. But then you always do forget forget their names. <laughs> and like, it's always that art gallery tour that you have to do at school, and you're like, right, you'll think about them. And we'd always learn an art history. Actually, we didn't learn, we didn't learn enough about New Zealand art history. We'd always learn about, you know, 
um, it's just always impressionism or something like that. Yeah. Um, but you no, know, New Zealand has got a uh, amazing artist. Yeah, I think. amazing artists with Tracy Moffat. She's New yeah. Zealand, isn't she? Uh, I don't know. I think Tracy. Moffat I think Noel McKenna is. I think he's Australian. Oh, he's Australian. How dare you? How very dare you? But I just find it strange that there, there isn't. We don't have so many references. Like yeah, we yeah. don't know these names as yeah. much, and I wonder why that is. I don't know as well. I mean, maybe like, is it because with art in terms of like your your national your identity or your nationality sometimes isn't as uh, intrinsic to the the piece? Like it's not like me or I'm not an artist, but like. You can tell I'm from New Zealand from my accent, but mm. like with art, like even Len Lai, like I told my f- uh, friend he loves Len Lai, and I was like, oh, he's from he's New Zealand. He's like, what? <laughs> he had no idea. And I think, I think maybe it's that because it's I don't know, it, you've got a bit more anonymity in that sense. But mm. but no, it is weird that mm. there's not. Um, I mean, maybe it's just geography as well. We are very far away. We're very far away. I think yeah, people have said that before about New Zealand Australian artists. That yeah. it's the geography thing. It's yeah. like it, it, there's there's not many times you pass through. Yes. To go somewhere else, it <laughs> is the true. end destination. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, it's so a, it's well, if, if you're coming from here, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're going to Antarctica, you do have to go through New Zealand. I think so. Do you? I think yeah, yeah, you have to do. You have to yeah, or Australia. No, I think it's New Zealand. But we're a stopover for Antarctica, at least. But yeah, you should you should go though. You should go. There's a good art scene down there. Hang on, you were making watercolor paintings. I've just seen this down because you've missed this off the list during the pandemic. Oh yeah, I did my watercolor. Yeah, I did try and get into watercolor. Yeah, I I I uh, from the craft shop. Uh, from the craft shop. Yeah, I was actually at Edinburgh. I was I was kind of looking to do something that was slightly relaxing and trying to take me out of the world of the Edinburgh French com- uh, you know French mm. festival. So I started like painting nudes of my friends, but not like of them modeling just like what I imagined. So, and then giving it, <laughs> giving it to them. They enjoyed it actually. I, I wrote, I did one of, um, of I was living Imagined with, nudes of your friends. <laughs> I made Al Green, Al, uh, uh, who is a comedian I was living with it the, that, that year, um, him pose on the couch. And then I did the death of Al Green, but then I did it as a, as a nude. And I did give it to him, but I don't think he... Um, and do you see all of his bits? I think he did, yeah. But it was actually, I was really, wasn't proficient with the watercolour, so it kind of was just a blob. So it was, it was, it was more... Well, I guess it gets you away from... <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. It was blob. Isn't watercolour really hard, though? I, I think it's harder than people think. Yeah, I think I think there was something nice, though, about it, uh, because it, it just is... It is so hard that it's, like, so imperfect or, like... Like you can't be really exact with it. That you kind of, it kind of is like okay, no, fine. Like that's it's gonna go wherever it wants to go, as as opposed to like paint. I never ever, I've just never been able to paint like with acrylics or like you know, mm. not oils at all. But like it, it, with that stuff, I feel like it's too um concrete. And I love I love drawing and I love watercolor because there's something so like, you know, free to it. Mm. I love I love um. I love the look of watercolor though. I did a watercolor in, in lockdown, but with like I based it on like a this frame from like a romance novel uh, comic thing that I that I read in a an old magazine that obviously I buy because I'm an eccentric nerd. Uh. <laughs> when so when are we seeing the exhibition? <laughs> the Rose Metaphor. Oh, oh my god, you should do like one with your dad. It could be like your dad's work, your work. Yeah, that's a good idea. Let's see actually. the connection. That's a really good them. idea. It is a good idea. I, I would think, love that. I honestly, I think you I should really, do a zine with your dad. I should do a zine with my dad. Oh, that's. A, very good idea to be honest I mean I am going to try and get him to unearth some of his work when I go and visit him at Christmas so and I would love to be able to you know I should just you know scan it for like you know uh, posterity but yeah. I think um, 
I would love to do it. That's a really good idea. I'm going to ask my dad to to do something in the zine. I mean, he's he's also he's. <laughs> I don't know what he. I don't know what it'd work he'd put, put forward, but I think it would be very interesting. Yeah. Maybe you can write your responses. Yeah. To having never seen it before, you That'd could write like good. little essays. That would be so cool. Should that be good? Oh my god, I love this. Idea. Thinking up ideas. This is a talk out production. <laughs> it is. Oh my god, proceed up and talk out. Oh my god. <laughs> no, he'll be, um, be stuck. So you live with a lot of art. You yeah. live with a lot of these prints. You yeah. shipped over a lot of yeah. great paper and materials. Yeah. <laughs> Above yeah. your bed, you have a photograph of. Uh, above my bed, I got a photograph of Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward <laughs> kissing. Um, uh, which is an iconic uh, <laughs> photo, I guess, but also quite a full-on one to have above my bed, I think, because, um, you know, when I seldom have company, it's probably quite a... Very it's a lot clear to live up to. It's a lot to It's like, are you my Paul <laughs> Newman? <laughs> this is what's going to happen on this bed, okay? Shoes, shoes, off. shoes off, though. they got the shoes on. Let's, let's take the shoes off. Um, I've got that. I've got lots of prints of... I'm obsessed with, like, old Hollywood. I've got lots of prints of just dead people around my house. I just bought a... Uh, one of Ava Gardner that sits on my like my dresser and stuff. I always buy. You know what? I my biggest hack when I moved here and when I you know when you're a bit skint is like just go to art galleries and buy postcards of art yes. <laughs> when you can't afford it. My 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 walls were covered with postcards of art that I loved, and it's the cheapest way to just bring art into your fucking like peripherals. Yeah. You know, every day into your orbit, yeah. into your orbit, and like and to just enjoy it for you know. While you have not much money, it's all got. I've got so many postcards of, of you know, um, artworks from art galleries that I've 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 loved, and then I'm slowly replacing them with actually framed pieces of art. Or so nice. Uh, yeah, it's it's a cool it's a cool thing. Elton John talks about that how he used to have framed posters and yeah. of, of photographs he loved mm. and these classics. Yeah. Now he owns the original really? photograph. Yeah. And it's yes. like that kind of astral so projection. That's you, Oh, my God. That's me. From Maybe. fridge magnet and postcard all the way <laughs> to the real Or a poster of the exhibition. Yeah, we've always <laughs> yeah. said that on Talk Art. It's like you don't need to have a budget totally. to live with art. Oh, my God. Totally not. I think it's... You can print it off when you're like, a printer. Do you know 100%. what I mean? And stick it on your fridge. My mum did that. My mum did that. She would print off... She would print off and laminate pieces of art that oh. she liked she'd always have on every there was no empty surface in our house no empty bit of wall space if i showed you a picture of my house when i was um growing up uh i actually i mean i will find one to show you after it's it's there was no space wasted and um and i think it's so important i mean it depends on what kind of person you are if you're a maximalist you're a minimalist if you're a minimalist you're not the kind of person who wants to put <laughs> oh, on i'm desperate to be a minimalist me too oh, wouldn't it be a dream a, i just love stuff me too have you ever had a really emotional response to an artwork like have you ever got have you ever turned to like a museum or a gallery or an artwork at a moment of sadness or do you know what i mean like yeah some sort of emotional connection it's interesting i i feel like i not particularly in the sense I I feel like it affects other people and so I mean, my mum again like she she would she'd just be like go and see this Jackson Pollock painting I'm like yeah well I, I yeah I'll I'll enjoy that and I enjoy it, but it's it's never the same like you can't tell someone to react in a way you know what I mean like uh, yeah enjoy that the one the one some that I was interested that I had a reaction to because I think you're expected to have a reaction to so much is when I saw. Uh, so like Rothko in, 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 I think, Wellington. Like that's when the artists that you're told to have a reaction. You're going to get this reaction. Exactly. You wait yeah. for it. You wait for it. And then sometimes it doesn't come. And you're like, yeah, yeah it really doesn't come. And then I and think... And then you're like, what's you know, wrong with me? Exactly. Like, I can't access it. I, I've had that feeling with him. Totally. And I think there, but there were there were some pieces in that where I was like, oh, I feel I feel something here. But I hate being told what to do in that sense. I think I saw... um. 
Oh God. Uh, I mean, no, there was some, there was one piece that I I was I have felt an unexpected. I think the context of, of also when I'm looking at it always affects it. Like, you know, often it's times it's you're alone in a in a foreign city and mm. you project something onto some poor girl in a Degas painting or something. <laughs> and you're like, that girl is me. <laughs> and so you can have an, a, a reaction like that. But um, I do have reactions to Ed, like, strangely, like, like hopper paintings, you know, like it yeah. just, I think the, loneliness. there is, yeah, the abject loneliness of mm. a hopper painting. I just love because it's like, I'm like trying to figure out, you're like, how, how is he orchestrated an immediate reaction here? Or like a, a an immediate storyline. Mm. Like I can, um, I was actually looking at like, uh, cause it's a film pennies from heaven, the Steve Martin film, which is kind of a remake of singing detective, um, in the eighties and stuff. And he actually, they actually based a lot of the frames on Hopper artworks and stuff. And, and I was going and, you know, as a nerd does, you know, comparing the two and stuff, the ones that, yeah, but the, the, the um, what's the one with the usherette? Um, the Hopper one. I really love that one. And that always makes me, because I, I used to be your dioramas, like Nighthawks. Yeah, know, That exactly. is like your yeah. dioramas. Well, the diorama, that specific one for the Hedgecock one is the one of the Miss Lonely Hearts, which is the woman in Rear Window who is like having dinner with no one. And it's the most like, it's the most poetic of all of the apartments, I think. And it's it's really fun to like have no figures in it as well. Um, but yeah, I think... Uh, I think lonely artworks. I do. I do vibe with a lot because, uh, yeah, not that I'm lonely or anything. I was thinking the other day. I was thinking the other day about how artworks can be like friends, mm. like just one on one. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like I've well, got. You you're invite, you're inviting these things into your home. Yeah, they're a guest, aren't they? You yeah. know, Seen them every day. Yeah. 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 Completely. No, I I feel like I've got way too many again like pictures of uh, dead movie stars around my house where I start to think you know oh there's there's Ingrid Bergman in here it's Cary Grant okay great Hi, morning Cary. Ingrid good morning Ingrid do they, good morning, do they Cary. have to be dead or uh, they don't have to be dead but it's preferable um no um, no it just, it just see it just seems like that all of the ones I enjoy are unfortunately. Uh, dead. You've got an old soul. Yeah, I do have an old soul, and, and it's 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 old soul, and I, my body is qu- far, like quickly catching up. So, <laughs> you know, um, I'll I'll be I'll be just an old soul in an old body. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're gonna move on to our last questions. Okay, I'm just so obsessed with you. Um, <laughs> the first question we ask every guest is if you could do an imaginary art heist and you could have any work of art for yourself from anywhere in the world. It can be anything. It can be a, a film. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be a car or, or it can a, building. Be a building or anything. We'll help and we you can get... help you. We'll bring you trucks and yes. helicopters and anything you need. What would it be and why? It could be like Agatha Christie's glasses. Yeah. Oh my God, an art heist, like a piece, a piece of a <coughs> piece of something. Yeah. Yes. Like something that's meaningful for you holy crap that's a really difficult question I mean the Adrian Piper's a nice thing but you wouldn't want that in your, I don't think you'd want to live no. with her nails and hair I wouldn't hair. want to live with that nails and you'd be and taking hair. her out of MoMA which is which is breaking the artwork yeah <laughs> this is true that. One, uh, one funny thing one relic of pop culture that I recently tried to actually buy I would like to heist because I wish I'd bought it oh. I went to a jewellery auction at Bonham's for an entire day to try and buy Joan Collins's engagement ring no. from 1964, 1963, for, that Anthony Newley bought for her. And I'm kind of obsessed with him, even though he's a terrible guy. But, uh, Is he dead? He's dead, don't worry. Okay. Uh, he's dead, yeah, he's dead. He can be on the wall. Um, <laughs> I went there the entire day. I, um, I had a budget. It went over that. Someone bought it. And I... 
I want to. I want to hunt it down. It was a beautiful. <laughs> I so, don't know why do I you wish you had pushed yourself further? I wish I. I yes, but then I think I would have had a nervous breakdown had I spent the money. How that, much that did it sell for? I think I think it was sixteen, but then I read later maybe it was twenty. But I think the Warren Beatty ring got twenty, but went for twenty, and this one went for sixteen. Sometimes they add VAT and tax and stuff. Oh yeah, and and the these royalties house, yeah, or whatever on top, and then it ends up being so. Would much. you have mm-hmm. worn it? I think I would have worn it, but I really? think, yeah, I think I would have worn it because, but it, I think it is also a cursed ring. Oh. Um, and uh, because they had, you know, such a tumultuous um, uh, relationship, but it's a relic that I'm sort of obsessed with. You're still thinking about. Oh, are you, are I, you a I, fan I, of Joan then as well? I'm a fan of Joan, yes, definitely. But I'm a fan of her. their relationship. I love her. I love, I love him. I love their weird scenario. I like I I'm a I'm a massive film buff buff not not buff film nerd. I don't know much about film, but I'm I'm a film nerd. So it would be some sort of pop culture um you know shit. <laughs> were you were you aware of this ring before the sale come up? Yeah, my friend um well, Emma, uh my friend, she read about it in Who magazine. <laughs> she read about she she texted me, she went, Babe, they're selling Joan Collins's ring. <laughs> you got to get down there. She was like, she was like, you got to get down there. I've never been to an auction in my life, never. What? How did you find it? I mean, it's quiet. I get yeah. really exhilarated, and then I always feel like when they throw the gavel down and you hadn't won, it's like you loser. It's you feel horrible. like horrible. Yeah, horrible. My heart, like my you're being heart punished. Not, yeah, yeah, not getting it. I didn't even get to bid because I was too nervous. Like I could have bid because the bid started at you know a, a price of which I was like, okay, I could spend that much. But then it got so fast, and online bidders were there, and all oh, this I stuff. I hate online bidders. It, it was an online bidder who won. And I was just like, oh, Ugh. come on, man. It was just so excruciating. Be in the room and do yeah, You're not it. even in the room. I know, right? How dare you? But you had your little paddle and everything. I had a paddle. I had a paddle and everything. I went there exclusively to, to just see, you know, uh, uh, I, I should have gone and I, I, I think they did viewings of all of the rings. Mm. I should have done that before the day before and just checked it out. Also, I have fat fingers, so I never would have fit it. I would have to wore it on my pinky, which would have well, been Well, no, quite you could weird. have put it on a chain and this had it around true, your neck. Actually. But then I was stressed out because and then, it's I'm not like, as cursed. then I'm like, do I then I have to insure this ring? I need to know where the ring is. I am, and it was also this thing of like, I I have uh you know I'm really lucky to be working uh you know have have an income, but I've gone from you know doing comedy where it's like you you know it's, it's you you're you're pretty skint a lot of the time to then like so then your your brain is a bit like I'm still a reduced sticker at Tesco person where I'm like oh that's a bargain or I'm like I'm not paying that much for a train ticket, mm-hmm. then I'm going. Wait, so you're also considering buying a diamond ring from mm. <laughs> Joe mm. Collins? And I couldn't compute. I couldn't uh, sort of, uh, yeah, rectify, you know, like those two personalities. Yeah. Like, um, so what would happen if you met her though. and you were like wearing her ring? I think she would admire she I get that, though, because it's, it's, it's a gift to yourself. You, you would be able to put all of your kind of achievements yeah. thus far into this object that yeah. you then acquire. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. So you're able yeah. to compile, even though you don't want to spend that on a taxi totally. or that meal's too expensive exactly. for that bottle yeah. of wine. But this object suddenly becomes something for life. It's not frivolous. Like a totally. talisman. A yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally. A talisman. Oh, I hope yeah. you find another talisman. What would it be? Oh, God. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I think um, it is probably something that some, you know, random who's random celebrity that I liked from way back in the day has has owned. There was, there's, I actually, I remember when I was in Palm Springs, I bought an entire uh, dress suit that was owned by the singer called Keely Smith. And I wore it on Conan when I did stand up. And um, I, I loved that. I just love crap like that. Like I love 
pop culture memorabilia and that kind of era of 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 music. But also, and stuff. not not fetishizing mm. it. Is that what you say? Because yeah. you know you you're could buy that. It you yeah, like oh, this, yeah. This, the ring. You're not putting it in a vault. No way. You're actually going to wear it every day. Totally. Like you, that, I I love that because these objects and uh, would be used now to just being hung up and in a kind of mm. air container mm. and looked after. And Completely. you're you're giving them new I, life. I got you. Got, you got to wear them out. You know. But no, I don't have the ring, so I would have heisted it. But you know. Um, but no, I don't know. That was probably a really stupid choice. But um, no, it's brilliant. But one, I love know, that choice, about... and it's in an auction house. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I also can anybody see this can in go a TV auctions. show. There's yeah. something quite cool yeah. about anybody the story. can go and sit in an auction. They're free. Yeah, and you can go and witness them, and they're, they're like it's very theatrical. It really is, isn't yeah. it? And and these guys go for the auctioneer. We went for honestly like six hours. Yeah. How? The stamina, how? The stamina. Yeah. I couldn't, I could not believe it. I was like, when are you having a break? Do you get a tea? Do you want a coffee? Are you going to go to the loo? Like, yeah. when are you going to the bathroom? It was, it was astounding. It all happens under the stand. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering why that table there's was an so wide. There's a toilet, there's everything. It all I was happens. wondering why that chair nice flushed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other question we ask every guest is, what is your favourite colour? Oh my gosh. If, if it weren't for my mother beating it out of me, it would have been purple. I would have said purple. She um, hates purple. She hated purple as a kid. My mum hates purple. Why? Why do they hate purple? It reminds her of death, I think. Yeah, that is, I don't know what my well, mum You're wearing was like, purple today. I know I'm wearing purple. So you're representing. I would say. Yeah, I would say. I would say though. Um, I'd say green, to be honest, which is annoyingly her favorite color. But as I've grown older, I have uh, come to like green. So, now fuck it, purple. <laughs> purple and I know mum's listening to this probably so shout it really loud purple mum purple <laughs> um, what is the best advice you've ever received when it comes to your art or your creativity your creativity your um, hmm oh my gosh advice I'm usually the annoying person trying to give advice rather than take advice um, <laughs> you can have, you can have your advice as well. we, We're taking give that. us advice <laughs> I think I once had advice to soften my accent and I was like, I ignored that very um, quickly. Um, I, hmm, advice, advice. I don't know. It's funny because I think I not really, I don't really tend to surround myself with like, people who tend to like, you know, give me advice because I'm, I'm such an eye roller and I'd be like, how dare you? I think I live in a, I, I came up though in a, um, you know, group of people, a group of comedians who, I think we're just inspiring, especially when I was younger, when I was about 15, I like met comedians like Josie Long and David mm. O'Doherty and Maeve Higgins, who were like this era of quite um, cool mid-2000s, like people would describe them as like almost like whimsy. But like, I think um, particularly a person like Josie Long, who I am still friends with, she was so inspiring to me. Uh, she'd make zines at her shows and she'd, she'd, uh, she was, she was so generous with her time and her, um, her comedy and I think teaching like she she was kind of an example of just being yourself being yourself on stage being unashamed about that and enthusiastic being enthusiastic about life and things is not something to be embarrassed by never apologize for completely it. and I think there is and particularly in comedy is like there is maybe nowadays maybe there's more of a pressure to be to seem cool or to seem like uh purely because like you know I mean from a brand perspective of like you know what your what your vibe is and to get people to see you or get people like to your shows I think um there, there was a less less of a pressure when I was coming up doing comedy and I think uh I think inauthenticity like just comes through so quickly in comedy mm. like if you're doing something that you don't find funny you don't believe yeah. in yeah and um 
And so I think that's definitely advice I think I I I I got from those people not directly, mm. but from watching them perform. Mm. And that was stuff that I definitely, you know, tried to take through to my stuff. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Just be yourselves, guys. Be be authentic. (laughs) Yeah, being authentic. Embrace being a nerd. Completely. If you're authentically a nerd, you can't change it. And it's so embarrassing to try. Nerds change the world and make it a better place. This is so true. We wouldn't have penicillin or something. Oh, that was an accident anyway, to be honest. (laughs) 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 That wasn't nerdery. That was a total accident. Accidental nerd. What a wonderful way to end this episode. (laughs) Yes. Um, What's next for you? What's next to me? I'm, uh, who knows? I'm just pottering around. Honestly, I'm doing some writing. I'm doing more directing, which is fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, a bit more. I mean, I haven't done stand up for a while. I don't know. I, I have no idea. Just doing bits and bobs, really. Do you like directing? I do love directing. Because you don't directing. like taking advice. I imagine you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like taking any advice. <laughs> I love directing. I, I would prefer, I wanted to be a director before anything else when I was a kid. So it's kind of come full circle now. I like I like bossing people around. What was it like directing way. Russell? I didn't direct Russell. Oh, you didn't. You I, were on I set. Probably, I probably, yeah, probably, I probably tried to direct. Yeah, um, uh, me and Alice <laughs> always trying to direct people. It was great. But then Russell did this. Russell did the thing where he he in rehearsal he just did it perfectly, and it was very intimidating. Really? Yeah, and we were like, in that way of like, why wouldn't we not shooting that? But then obviously you just did did it again, and so we're like, oh, that's. Oh, that's acting. He's I'm an so, actor. I know. Yeah. I like that's honestly like watching you. I was like, oh, oh, I'm supposed to do that. <laughs> In rehearsals, I barely know the lines. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it on the day, whatever, whatever. Um, because I think as a writer, you kind of try and get away with it in that mm-hmm. sense. But um, I was inspired by your professional nature. Well, for those who haven't oh. seen it, Russell plays a really obnoxious um, <laughs> film director himself in, in Starstruck. So please tune in to season yes. two. And if you haven't it's seen so season funny. one, obviously see season one as well. It's so funny. Um, we are so happy you came on the show. Oh, I'm so happy um, you had me. Thank you so much for having me. It's such yeah. a delight to talk to you both. Yeah. and um, well, We're going to follow your Instagram, hopefully see all your dad's Pandora's box. Yes. Yes. And uh, everyone should follow you anyway. You're yes. at Rose Matafeo. Mm-hmm. Lovely. It's simple. And then we'll be posting And you'll things. see loads of stories of Rob just going... I love Rose <laughs> daily on my on my Instagram. Yes. So if you go to my Instagram, it's just like a fan account of, of Rose Matafeo. Yeah, I run to, her fan to, club. Someone has to. Someone has to. <laughs> go to at Talker on Instagram and Twitter and follow us, and we will see you very soon. Thank you very much. We'll be back Thank very you. soon. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 You've been listening to Talk Art with Robert Diamond and Russell Toby. Follow us on Instagram at Talk Art, where you can view images of all artworks discussed in today's episode, with music by Jack Northover. Subscribe to Talk Art at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Give us a rating and write us a comment. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.